the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Friday night. <laughs> yes, it is Friday night. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I am dynamite in a dress, busting through the hype, the hyperbole, and the hypocrisy every night of the week here on The Answer San Diego from 6 to 7 p.m. And what a week it's been. Child, we got Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week coming up later, and I would love to hear from you because I, I don't even know. Right now, I still have no idea who my hero is and who my stink is because it's been that kind of a week. So we would love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. Instagram at Andrea K Show. We are streaming live right now on Facebook at The Answer San Diego Facebook page, which we will share to our private little special Facebook group called Caniacs. And I definitely encourage you guys to join our Caniacs group. It's spelled K-A-Y-E-N-I-A-C-S, and that's where you can go because there's still a lot of trolling, the fact-checking and the nonsense happening to Facebook to shut people down. Say what? Y'all know. Y'all know what's happening out there. So you can join Caniacs, which is a troll-free environment. And if I happen to see any trolls on there, people that pretend they're conservatives, and then they come on there and want to, like, pull one over on you, we kick them so fast that... That, you know, they, they start sounding like Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, we got lots to talk about tonight. We've got a great show lined up. Uh, you know, I can't decide every week if Joe's gaffes, Joe Biden's gaffes, or make him the hero of the stink of the week. So. Geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the left is saying the coronavirus is a gift. Well, you know what? Biden is quite the gift in spite of the media's help. We get to enjoy those gaffes. And, but there may be more out there we don't even know about. We actually have Joe Biden's longtime stenographer who's going to be here to give kind of like a, the greatest hits of Joe Biden's gaffes, but also an inside view into the corruption that went on with Joe Biden and what's known as Biden Inc. with the Biden family. It's Friday, so of course we've got our friend Bob Walters who's going to be here ready to educate you guys on what's happening out there. So he's going to be at the bottom half of the hour, so stay tuned for Bob. And then later on, of course, Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. And the man who's here with me every night and sifting through all the stench and all the heroes, and he's a particular hero of mine, it's DJ Potato Skins. We have a gentleman, I view it this way, Anything that potentially can help, and that certainly can potentially help, is a good thing. DJ DJ One thing that I do know for sure is the fly that landed on Mike Pence's head will not be Hero of the Week. Why won't he be Hero of the Week? Because you know what? You think about it. 
everybody's like, oh, flies land on poop, right? Well, do you not ever have flies if you happen to have honey that, that uh, seeps out onto your honey jar? It's do, something do, sweet. Do fly? Yeah, flies go to something sweet. And let me tell you, if you were a fly, who would you have chosen to land on? I think that uh, fly, nobody better. That fly was the smartest dude in the room outside of Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> that fly didn't go to Kamala Harris. That fly didn't go to that Susan Page, who, oh, by the way, uh, must go to the same dentist as Dr. Burks. Yeah, I said it. No, that fly is the smartest. That was the smartest and dude it was in chilling. the room. And he was chilling. He didn't land long though. Now there were some. There were some telescopic lenses that that actually got in close, and I guess you didn't see the MAGA hat the fly had on. <laughs> right, you didn't see that. Okay, so um, so debates. Are we going to have any more debates? Y'all hear here's them? my here's my here's my two cents. Obviously, the next one canceled, um, but it was great. Trump was able to go out today on the Rush Limbaugh radio show. Great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They say the last one is still on. Joe's going to weasel his way out of that one too. It's that's the vice presidential debate was the last one we're going to see. I don't know that we need. Yeah, uh, um, I'm I'm so proud of President Trump for them, you know, for, for, for finally standing up and saying after all these years later, we're done. I am not accepting your change of terms and conditions. You're at whim, on a whim, because our man Pence did well in that debate, that you that you feel like now you got to somehow throw another wrench in it to do so, somehow uh, boo, um, through gerrymandering of the debate process, now throw another wrench in the worst. I'm not, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, you, you, you lefties who pretend you care about science, and of course they're using coronavirus as an excuse for this, because they're using coronavirus as an excuse for everything that they can do to to destroy this country and cause pain on people in order to uh, usher in their Marxist utopia. And Trump said, no, I'm not going to do it. There's no excuse for it. There's no reason for it. And on top of it, he has had it. He has had it with this commie commissioner and this commie debate commission that is, you know, continuing to try to do media after media after media hit job under the phony guise of a debate. And you know what? It should not have taken Trump. I saw an interview with Hogan Gidley. Is that your name, Hogan? You know, little Gilligan dude. And you know what? When he said that everything that's done in these debates has been negotiated by both sides and i'm sitting there with my blood boiling you mean you actually agreed to the susan page woman you agreed to the fact that there was plexiglass between pence and between her but not between them and why was there no plexiglass between the moderator and the candidates this is all theater it's all crap how come hogan gidley agreed to the format of her uh, of uh, kamala harris getting to speak first and these little two it was it was not a debate it was a, a mutual interview done by a leftist propagandist, you know, henchwoman for the leftist cause. Enough. And people today are saying, well, you know, Pence, Pence did great. So what's the complaint? No, Pence survived. Pence did well in spite of the propagandist movement that was that the media hit job that was against him. Every question was set up to prop up. It was it was Candy Crowley on steroids. Candy Crowley had one moment in the debate in which she propped up the lies of Barack Obama. This was lie after lie after lie put forth as fact. Uh, it, thank God Mike Pence decided after 20 minutes in to just c- continue he didn't talking care and to inter- interrupt. But this was not a success. The fact that any Republican would go, oh, wow, look how great Mike Pence was. That was victory. No, that was not a victory. It, he, it, he survived a hit job. That was not a victory, and Repu- but that's how Republicans always do, don't they? Potato skins. They always they always um, accept 
whatever whatever uh, crap sandwich is fed to them. And if they're able to keep the crap sandwich down and not regurgitate it up on TV, they act as though it was some kind of victory. No, it's not a victory. It's not an evil pl- even playing field in a debate format until a Democrat has to sit there and suffer under Mark Levin... Who, w- who wouldn't even use lies, who wouldn't even tee up questions in the form of pushing out lies or hoaxes as fact. No, just actually ask tough questioning. So I am glad Trump pulled out and said, no, we're, I'm not going to do this. We're not, I'm not going to have this debate. And quite frankly, if that's what we're going to have, if we're going to have to have Trump sit there and manage to somehow survive a media hit job that continues to put out lies that he called military suckers and losers, put out lies that he called uh, white supremacists good people. If he if he uh, he has to get asked one more time, will you denounce white supremacists? While well, there's not one question about Joe Biden and his Biden Inc. and using the office of the vice presidency to line the pockets of his family, not one question of Joe Biden invoking the Logan Act to target an innocent general for his persecution so that they can launch a coup attempt against the President of the United States. I'm not interested. I don't want to see another debate. I don't give a crap that Joe Biden is doing a town hall next week. Trump's got a, got a rally going on. Trump just needs to go do his thing and take it to the people. That's, that's my thoughts on it. So, of course, this Scully guy, you know, the guy who was the debate moderator, he's glad it's canceled. Because his tweets come into play today. He evidently tweeted to Scaramucci, hey, should I respond to Trump? Remember Scaramucci? He was Trump's uh, um, mouthpiece, uh, the White House press sec or whatever he was for like five seconds. Uh, You know, so then everybody's like, well, see, here we go. We've got another Chris Wallace coming up. Of course, Scully now says that he wasn't that that those weren't his tweets. It was hacked. Yeah, he was hacked. Did you hear what Don Jr. said? No, I didn't hear that. Oh, were, were, were the hackers screaming, this is MAGA country? When they were at it, you know, which is what Jesse Smollett uh-huh. said, said the uh, attacker said um, the, the the black. So now he's uh, there were reports that Scully had completely taken his Twitter account down. He hasn't. It looks as though it's, I think it's just it's, it's been it's, uh, blocked. It, it's been blocked. So he's got it on, on, on private. So he's uh, so that debate's not going to happen. I don't think the third should happen. I think what Trump should do at this point is um, is say, you know what, we're renegotiating everything after what's happened. We still expect two more debates. We are no longer in agreement to who you have picked. I don't understand why the Republican Party is agreeing to these people. When, after what happened with Chris Wallace, why did they agree to Chris Wallace in the first place? How's after that champagne, happened? Chris? Yeah, after, and, and Chris, who came to Scully's defense today? Chris Wallace. Oh, so Chris Wallace says Scully's not biased? Oh, okay, I feel better, right? No, the Republican Party, Hogan Gidley or whoever it is negotiating on the part of the Trump team needs to get their act together. We have a very short window, barely over three weeks to save this country from the communism that is at play. There's a reason why Kamala Harris says, let me be clear. Joe Biden and I are not going to tell you idiot schmucks what we're going to do until after you elect us. Okay, what does that tell you? We have three weeks we have three weeks to do everything that we can to help Trump win re-election because the uh, because what where we're going with this country is full on communism. And then on top of it, there's breaking news today that has to do with the deep state that we're going to get into after after the break a little bit later on the show. Let me tell you where where we're if we don't help Trump get across the line in November, if we if we don't win 
I, is it hyperbolic? Is it is it exaggeration to say DJ Potato Skins that this country is toast? No, I've, I've actually thought that before the election season even really kicked off. I mean, the stark contrast between the two candidates is, is is night and day. It's either the United States of America or the communist states of America, bottom line. Absolutely. Because when they're not willing to, to admit to you that they're going to pack the courts, when you see Nancy Pelosi coming out doing the 25th, uh, invoking the 25th Amendment and her plan for that, which we're going to talk about a for little bit For the Harris later, administration. For, yeah, for the Harris administration and beyond. Uh, what, the, what their plans are to do to us economically, we can see play out across this country. I don't know when we are already at how many tr- trillions of dollars in debt that we can't recover with unfunded mandates, what they plan to do to us economically, I don't believe that we can recover from that. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're, we're going we're gonna to get serious about Joe Biden, but also have a little fun in the process because we've actually got with us, we've actually got Joe Biden's former stenographer, a guy named Mike McCormick, who's written the book Joe Biden, Unauthorized, and the 2020 Crack-Up of the Democrat Party, 15 Years of Deplorable, a White House memoir. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show, 888-344-1170. Who's your hero of the week or stink of the week? I mean, I'm still I'm still not sure who I'm going to go with, and we'll have that as Don't have fun. my stink, but I'm you got 98% hero? sure on my hero. Yeah, um, okay, well, I, I'm... Uh, I'm Still pondering. Not I'm the pondering fly. If you, I'm, uh, yeah, not the fly. I'm pondering. Uh, joining me now, uh, one of the things I said, though, is a, a, a toss of each week between here of the week and stink of the week is Joe Biden and his gaffes. I mean, it makes us laugh, uh, remind us, uh, you know, who he really is uh, as uh, as he goes about on what I call his personal pandering pandemic tour. Um, but there's even more to the story. And that's why I'm excited to have on my next guest. It's Mike McCormick. He actually, um, I think he spent six years as Joe Biden's stenographer in the years uh, 2011 to 2017. And he's author of the book Joe Biden Unauthorized and the 2020 Crack Up of the Democratic Party, 15 Years of Deplorable, a White House memoir. This should be so juicy. Hello, Mike McCormick. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for suffering uh, the six years as a stenographer to Joe Biden so that you could entertain me and the listeners tonight. <laughs> well, you know, people ask me, what was it like being Joe Biden's stenographer? And I say, you know, remember those old circus parades? Well, I was the brutal and shovel guy behind the world's biggest circus elephant. <laughs> mess after mess after mess. Yeah. Um, was it, what, you know, is it... Are we crazy in, in looking at a at what appears to us to be an obvious decline? I mean, we're seeing what looks like an obvious cognitive decline, but I'm not sure if the cognitive decline that we're seeing is directly related to the gaffes or not, because this dude's been doing gaffes for 40 years. Um, this re- the, the recent gaffes this week was when he was down in Miami talking to Haitians at a cultural center, and he sees a group of young girls, and he's like, hey, you know... I want to see you dance. I'm 
won't come back. I want to see you dance for years from now. And then he's talking about, I'm able to look, I'm able to hunker down because there's some black woman, you know, stocking the shelves. I mean, is that the kind of stuff you saw for six years or is this just his cognitive decline on display? Well, you're, the kind of stuff you're talking about right now, that's Joe Biden, kind of vintage Joe Biden. I mean, just almost veering into the bizarre and inappropriate at times. And that was always there. And that's why I was so busy with him, because he would go out and say stuff, and they needed to have a transcript just to make sure they knew what exactly he was saying. <laughs> and he would go behind the scenes and... You know, usually our, my job was with the press office. So the only time I did transcripts of Joe is when he's speaking in front of a press audience. So, you know, a big audience with people with porters in the background or an interview or something. But after a while, it got so bad with him that they said, look, you have to go listen to what he says in the, in the uh, fundraisers, the background fundraisers, uh, the closed press fundraisers, and do those transcripts. So I was always busy and working for Joe. I heard a lot of what he said. A lot of it wasn't reported. That's what's in the book. Things that he did that were were ridiculous in front of people like Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping, and it wasn't reported back here, and that's why I wrote the book. It's, you know, Joe is, yes, there's a definite decline right now. He's worse now than he was three years ago. I was with him in 2016, 2017. He was working so hard to get Hillary Clinton elected, and he's hardly out there at all now. He's yeah. calling lives at 10 in the morning. Yeah. That's not Joe Biden. That's not the Joe Biden that used to do. That's not how you win a presidency. I worked for presidential campaigns for George W. Bush in 2004 and uh, uh, Barack Obama in 2012, and that was Joe Biden's version of, of that. I worked for him. Joe Biden has nowhere near the energy level he used to have. He's not capable of being president. I hate to think where he goes in two years. Where is he headed? You know, Donald Trump's out there getting stronger, and Joe Biden's just getting weaker. What can you tell us? We're talking to uh, Mike McCormick, uh, former stenographer of Joe Biden. And the book is uh, Joe Biden Unauthorized and the 2020 Crack Up of the Democratic Party, 15 Years of Deplorable, a White House Memoir. What are some of the um, is there I know. Can you give I want everybody to read the book, but I also want people to hear a little bit about what, you know, some of the things that you heard, particularly anything that related. You talk about being in front of Putin or in front of Xi Jinping. What can you tell us? Were you there when Joe Biden was with Hunter? What do you know any of the inside stuff? Are you going to talk in the book about some of the crap that went down with Biden, Inc.? Yeah, absolutely. I, I stumbled across some pretty interesting facts about that based on what I knew behind the scenes and. What I found when I started looking through, I was, as I was writing the book, I started about a year ago in January 2019, and then the Democrats put together this, this impeachment process. And as I heard what they were saying, I was like, wait a minute, Joe Biden was in Ukraine. So I started, and I was in there, I went to Ukraine with him. I went to Poland with him. So here's what I can tell you about Joe Biden. There should be a grand jury investigation into Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Joe Biden committed now feasance in office in 2014. Not also at the end, but also mostly at the beginning, he put his son in that position. He did it. He said he didn't have anything to do with his son's business. That's a lie. That's a Joe Biden lie. And I put that in my book. He went to Poland in 2014, and he, on that trip, was talking about this Ukrainian energy security. The person that he didn't tell anybody that he was talking to about it was the guy that recruited uh, Hunter Biden to the Burisma board. Alexander Kwasniewski, he's an old family friend of the Bidens. 
He was on the board of Burisma. He's an ex-president of Poland. He would have been a logical guy for Joe Biden to talk to. I guarantee he talked to him. A grand jury investigation would find the facts out through phone records and subpoenas and witnesses. And what's interesting is after that, he went to Ukraine. I was on that trip. And he started talking about, uh, you know, energy security. Before he went to Ukraine, just a week before, there were meetings in the White House that I uncovered to uh, White House visitor logs that it looked to me like Barack Obama had a meeting specifically excluding Joe Biden. Joe Biden was out of the building. Barack Obama and his brain trust, David Axelrod and a couple other guys, had this meeting. The very next morning, the first thing David Axelrod does is he goes to a one-on-one meeting with Joe Biden. They don't, it's hard, until we find out what they said, until there's a grand jury investigation, what was said in that meeting, no one's talking about it. And no one's reporting it. It's in my book, but no one in the media has reported this. Mm-hmm. Of after course not. that meeting, oh, go on. four hours after that meeting, he meets with Devin Archer. Devin Archer's conviction for securities fraud was just, a, was just reinstated yesterday. This is a guy who's Hunter Biden's business partner. He's now a convicted securities fraud guy. Hmm. And that's who Joe Biden was. That's the, the guy that's backing up this whole story. There is so much smoke behind this fire that you've got to look into it. It's just a... Yeah, yeah, you know, we've had, you know, four years of a barrage of a weaponized deep state from the FBI, the DOJ, the Southern District of New York, the... Uh, the proctology exam, the cavity exams of investigations gone on against President Trump, his family, anybody connected in the Trump orbit found nothing. So they had to manufacture it under under the phony guise of Russian collusion. And now they're now they've gone to the Supreme Court to try to get at his taxes and, uh, you know, uh, leaking his tax returns to the New York Times that, oh, my gosh, you know, the word, uh, uh, you know, President Trump, you know, took advantage of the tax code to minimize how much taxes he paid to the government. Nothing. They found nothing on President Trump. Trump. Meanwhile, there is so much in, in, in obvious a smoke about crimes that were committed by Joe Biden in a pay-for-play scheme, how he used the office of the vice presidency to line the pockets for his family members and more, and nothing. There's absolutely nothing right. happening, and I'm sorry for going off on you, but it makes me absolutely crazy. And maybe if right. more Americans got educated on what's going on, they might start putting some pressure on it. We absolutely have to make sure that President Trump gets reelected. If for no other reason, America, then it's to possibly... You you care about law and order. You care about justice. You care about equal justice for all. You can't be yammering out in the streets, picketing in the streets, riding in the streets because you care about you know justice in the court of law and in our justice system and allow this to go on to where the elites and the elected officials get to line their pockets and use the government and, and get away with their crimes while the average American gets thrown in jail. Final thoughts, Mike McCormick. And Joe Biden was doing it for his son, Hunter, who was addicted to cocaine. He was visiting with prostitutes. He, had, he was a, treating his family like a horrific person. And Barack Obama knew about all this. They've been covering it up. You've got to read this book. Mm-hmm. This conspiracy goes deep into the Democratic Party. It will lead to the exoneration of President Trump's impeachment. This book is important for people to read and use as a tool to start an investigation into the Biden Inc.
Well, I can't wait to read it, and I want everybody to read it, and I'm sure they can just Google it and find out where they can get a copy. It's Joe Biden, Unauthorized, and the 2020 Crack-Up of the Democratic Party, 15 Years of Deplorable, a White House Memoir. Mike McCormick, thank you so much for documenting your story. I hope you got some security out there. <laughs> Stay safe, my friend, and thanks for being here on The Andrea K Show. Y'all stay tuned. Thank you so much. We got another uh, perpetual hero, an honorary hero of the week who's with us every week. Bob Walters is going to be with us for his education segment. 888-344-1170. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show, a little Friday fun day. Um, Mike Pompeo says that he has Hillary Clinton's deleted emails, the ones that everybody, they must be so juicy. He says he's got them, and he is threatening to release them. Oh, they, release them, Mike. We're ready. Oh, yeah. We have a saying in my family, talking about it ain't getting it done. Okay. You release those emails. Oh, but they're classified. We know it didn't stop, uh, it didn't stop Jim Comey from leaking classified information to, to media outlets. What are you waiting for? They must be so juicy because Hillary spent a whole lot of time and a whole, a whole lot of Clorox bleach trying to wipe out those emails. And I cannot wait. We don't need the drama. We don't need the theater. We got 25 days, Mike Pompeo. You got one job here on out. You, you imagine those things emails. come out, what the election's going to look like afterwards. Ooh. Oh, child. I can't wait to see it. All right. Shifting gears. We got my buddy, Bob Walters. It's Friday. So I always love to, to bring on my man, Bob Walters. And I actually think Bob is, is uh, our education contributor. He's also author of the book, Facing Reality in American Education. And um, he's here with the hits of the week. Hey, Bob, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, so you got some good news for us this week to start with, don't you? <laughs> I do have some good news. Okay. Uh, the ethnic studies mandate that was uh, in the state legislature and passed for the schools to uh, have for every student, the governor vetoed it. And so now it's going back to committee to be decided and modified because they want to add commentary on the Arabs, the Palestinians, the Iranians, and the Jews. And that could take a year, and hopefully by then he will have been impeached and removed from office. We can only hope. <laughs> We've got a window. People <laughs> signed know. the petition to recall this fool. Yep. And then San Diego schools, they are actually going to open up first time in months, uh, October 13th, but very limited. They're just going to be open for special needs kids, homeless kids, and those who missed several months of virtual classes for reasons that are not known. And those are the only ones that will be allowed and be admitted for this semester. Regular kids got to wait till next year to get back into physical school. Well, let, let me understand this. So supposedly the schools are shut down because this coronavirus is so deadly that it's like, you know, you get you, you, you come within you know, 200 feet of it and you drop dead automatically. So we got to keep the kids home, except yeah. the except the homeless kids and um, learning disabled kids. I guess they, they right. it's OK for them to get coronavirus. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, either you open it up to all the kids, or you keep them all home. This is like crazy to me, Bob. It doesn't make any sense. No. But at least it's it's opened a little crack, and uh, I just wish it would open all the way. But yes, all I got's a little bit of good news. So sorry. Oh, that was it. That was your extent of your good news. <laughs> no, I, I got another one. I read a book this past week, put out just recently by Thomas Sowell, S O W E L L, 
He's a black fellow, been involved yeah. with uh, education and fighting the battles on the conservative side. He wrote a book called Charter Schools and Their Enemies. You can get it from Amazon. It's a great book. I read it. It shows comparison of 20 different schools. It's kind of unique. They, they were 20 different schools in New York where they were in the same building, and you got charter schools in one part and public school classes going into the other part. And he tracked the difference of what they learned after one year, and it was spectacular. The charter school kids did three times better than the kids in public school with the union teachers. Wow. And that, that was amazing, and it's, it's a great book to read for anybody who wants to actually support charters in front of their school boards. Yeah, because this and and we have not had any any debate so far. There's been no conversation of education, and if you really do care about um, helping minorities or, what, or the underprivileged or underserved or whatever the latest buzzword is, the key right. is education. And you know the and the left wants to shut down all the mechanisms to help the 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 poor and the minority kids rise up through education. They want to shut down school choice. They want to shut down charter schools. And, you know, and it, it's just really a shame. So, um, you know, I'm glad we've got people like Thomas Sowell and yourself speaking out. But not enough Americans understand what's not only what's happening in our schools, but what charter schools are and why they're better. And Gavin right. Newsom, I mean, they, you know, he's done everything that he can to, to shut down charter schools. Tell everybody again the name of that book from Thomas Sowell. It's called Charter Schools and Their Enemies. Okay, perfect. Great, great book. It's really worth reading. Yep. Okay. All right. All right, then I got college crazies. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, okay, <laughs> uh, which cliff are these people going over? And <laughs> then we, first we got Brett Davis, who's vice president of the University of North Texas Democratic Club, who urged all freshmen to join Antifa and had applications for them as they came into the school. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't we just hear that Joe Biden said Antifa is an idea? It's not an organization. <laughs> yeah, how can you have a, a membership application? I don't know. It's weird. It's yeah. all just all lies. Then you got a football uh, offensive coach, Kurt Brinholt, who has removed a Black Lives Matter sign on the door of his office because he didn't put it there. And he didn't didn't care for it. And then he, that evening, he put up a sign that read, "All lives matter to our Lord Jesus Christ." Guess what happened the next day? Mm. He was fired. <gasps> wow. Yeah. And uh, I hope is, that uh, you know. I hope that there's some law firm out there, or you know, um, ACLJ, or some somebody that's going to take up lawsuits for him. I know this is the kind of thing that um, the Pacific Legal Group does out here in California, and and Harmeet Dillon takes up. But I mean, we just got this is this is. Um, and and it's a reminder of this is crazy. This this is um, not just wrongful termination, but this is where we're going in this country. When I talk about the the choice that we have in November and America as we know it versus the you know communist, uh, and and we will not have. They want to pack the courts so that they can deny us our Second Amendment rights, so that they can remove replace God with state yeah. and remove it's, all of our religious freedoms and protections in this country. This is a wake up call, man. Wow. Really is. And then you got Santa Clara University mm-hmm. here in our state. Yeah. Lecturer, a guy named Gruden, he said, quote, white supremacy is a reason for climate change, unquote. <laughs> I, are you kidding me? Okay. 
We, we cause everything wrong in this world, just everything. So my emissions as a white woman is worse than the emissions if somebody of color was sitting next to me. My, my, yeah, my, car, my carbon footprint is bigger or worse because it's coming from a white woman. So when I flip the switch in my home or I drive my car, my car, because it's driven by a white woman, is emitting worse than a car driven by a black person. Is that, is that where they're going with this? I know, I, obviously, and that's it's shame. But these are lectures at the university, talking to these kids, <laughs> teaching this kind of crap. Believable. And and how? What's the? And I want to know what what it costs for a semester. At, at, at this at this outfit that you're talking about, what is the Santa Clara University? It's got to be at least probably, uh, you know, a five ten k. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a cheap school. It ain't cheap to to teach people this kind of nonsense. I know. It's outside of San Francisco, so maybe that wow. makes it better. I don't know. What else you got, my friend? Thanks <laughs> for the Arizona laughs, State by the way. State Journalism School removed the dean for being too pro-police. So the journalism school had a meeting, and they removed the dean of that department for being too pro-police. Which school was this? Arizona State. Oh, at ASU? Wow. Yeah. I know. Just... Wow. And then you got a, a crazy one. University well, of let's sit, let's sit on that for just a second, because sure. journalism schools, you know, I thought journalism was supposed to teach about free speech. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. All right. Carry on. Well, then you got University of Alabama in Birmingham with an archaeology professor, Sarah Parkak, uh-huh. gave tribute to Ginsburg and then went on to say that she was stronger than any MAGA F stick. Bootlicker. <gasps> Ever could be. Wow. You know, you know, I already can't stand. I already can't stand that Bama. Okay. And you hear this kind of crap. And this just makes me want to roll tide all over her sad bones, whoever this woman is. Isn't that amazing? That's disgusting. Very conservative area. But that's here. Here's a professor saying those kind of comments. God. Yeah. She's not not fired. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what do you think in University of Alabama? What are you doing hiring somebody like this? I don't know. It's, it's really pretty disgusting. Well, and, and I'm sure she didn't get fired, right? No, no. No, she I'm didn't sure get fired. She promoted in the next month yeah. or two. The yeah. other dude who puts up a sign about Jesus Christ, he gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very innocent sign on his door, and he, he gets fired. It's yeah. unbelievable. I sent him names of lawyers to get a hold of, by the way. Good. Excellent. Help him out. The University of Chicago activist Val... A year of protests since the school refuses to defund police on the campus. They wanted to get rid of them, and the board wouldn't allow it, so they're having all kinds of demonstrations and breaking windows at the University of Chicago. Nice. Yeah, you know what? I used to love that city, but, you know, I don't even want to fly over Chicago. Y'all are so foul to me in Chicago, I don't even want to share your airspace. And, of course, you don't want me sharing your airspace because I'm white, and that makes me, that mean, the, means that I'm using more of the airspace. Yeah, and their and their mayor badly. is something else. Yeah. Well. <laughs> What's that, Bob? And, and their mayor is unbelievably yeah ridiculous. All right, you got so, anything else? Because we're about out of time, my friend. Oh yeah, Boston University teachers and students pin letter claiming that aspects of returning to school live teaching upheld white supremacy culture. "Quote unquote." So having to go back to let me make sure I understand having to go back to school live is white supremacy culture. Uh, yes. <laughs> 
I don't know where you draw the line with this stuff. I, I, I just, don't know, but you know, I'm thinking, you know, some of this is genius, you know. But I, you know, I wish I knew some of this stuff back when Mama was trying to get me to do some chores around the house on Saturday. Maybe I could have said, you know, this is no, this is your mom's support. <laughs> this is parental supremacy, and I don't appreciate it. Scrub your own toilet, lady. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I've got other news, but we can do it next uh, next week. Oh, I'm, always, I'm always adding more. Well, you always have more than we can cover in a show. I know. But you know what? Know. But this should this should wake people up because you have brought us crazy insanity stories from San Diego to the Pacific Northwest, across the country, Middle America, the South. What people should take away from this is that the social justice, cultural Marxist movement has taken root in every aspect of our education yep. system. And that is why we're in a pickle to where we're 25 days away from it being the United States of America or the United Socia- uh, Socialist Soviet uh, America. And that's really where we're at. Bob Walters, thank you. You're welcome. Good right. luck to you. Thank you. We're going to take a break. We come back. DJ uh, Potato Skins and I, we're going to talk about the 25th Amendment, um, some other uh, hot topics of the day. So don't go away. Come on back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. So today, y- yesterday, Pelosi said, oh, you, you know, pointing her your little witchy-poo finger, you know, you come back tomorrow, we're going to talk the 25th uh, Amendment. And uh, one of the reasons that, you know, I, and people were like, well, is that really what she said? Because she always looks like she's struggling to, you know, to keep the denture grip and hold when, you know, uh, it, it, on a normal day, and then you put the mask over, you can, you know, is she really saying that, you know, come back tomorrow and I'm going to invoke the 25th Amendment? Did. Well, yeah, she kind of did. And initially everybody was like, um, you know, because, of course, the 25th, 25th Amendment is set up to have a procedure in place, kind of like when JFK was assassinated. What is the what is the procedure, you know, um, for it, the succession planning, if you will, as we say in corporate America? What's you got to have a succession plan if, uh, you know, f- for somebody to take over your gig, your job. So she comes out today and she starts talking about wanting and, and we have under the Constitution, we have a means for that to happen that doesn't include the Congress. So she comes out today wanting to have basically have Congress have a, a, a role in the removal of a president. And immediately everybody's thinking it's because she's going after Trump. But that's not the case. Right. No, Skins? no, no. No, I mean, everybody was saying, well, wait a second, you know, whatever you think of of how many negative tests or tests Trump has had or hasn't had post COVID, Trump ain't got any issues. He did two hours straight on Rush Limbaugh today. He was, he, he was fine. Not only was he fine, dude didn't skip a beat on top of it. You know, I mean, he, he did this medical test tonight with Mark Siegel. This was not about Trump today. Trump is obviously in good health. Nobody's questioning whether or not Trump can, you know, make it another four years in, in office. This was about Joe Biden, wasn't it? You know what? I, I would really be surprised if heaven help us, Joe Biden somehow wins 
if he lasts longer than a month. They, he, we, we talked about him stumbling all over the place. Joe's even said a couple of times, maybe Freudian slip, Harris administration. I give him 60 days to 90 days tops if he's elected and Harris will be in there. Absolutely. Uh, and in fact, there was a conservative tribune. I read an article tonight that they, it's the only article I've seen where they did, um, an outlet did an interview of what's called swing voters. These were people that voted for Obama in 2012 but voted for Trump in 2016 and their takeaway what bothered them about the vice presidential debate was they were concerned that she was effective in making people think that she could actually be president when they know what a far left radical crazy person she is and that and I was reading that and thinking yeah this is the tee up for this to be the hair you know the Harris presidency but I think it's even bigger than that. I think that if you look at the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party is never about one individual candidate candidate. It's always about the bigger picture scheme of Marxism. And their 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 goal to to transform this country into a Marxist nation is bigger than any one individual. It's bigger than Barack Obama. It's bigger than than Harris. It's bigger than AOC. And so to me, this is about another way, another um, mechanism for them to have complete control to steal the election. Uh, what is packing the Supreme Court about? It's about stealing an election because uh, elections are supposedly, supposedly about a policy push. Well, if they can pack the Supreme Court with with all these justices, they're going to legislate from the bench. What do they care who you vote for in, in November? Because that's re- really where the power is to get their policy over. And this is a way for them to also get their policy over uh, by stealing an election, by having a way to pull out, a, uh, pull a president out of office. They can in the future, no matter who's elected, say, you know what? Nope, I don't like him. We've got, let's, let's get him out of there. Let's get him out of there. Just like a, a, a way to control the election was through, was through the deep state and the FBI and the DOJ. Here's what Adam Housley tweeted out today. You guys remember him? He used to be with Fox News. Um, we know, uh, by the way, Axios came out. President Trump was upset today to find out that Bill Durham, uh, uh, Bill Barr has said we're not going to the Durham report will not come out before the election. Uh, uh, you know, I, this is an instance where I'm really sorry that I was right about Bill Barr. I never tried trusted him from the jump. And if President Trump doesn't get reelected, Bill Barr is prepared to bury the truth about what happened. And that's the setup for it. We also know, according to the Federalist, that Gina Haspel from the CIA is the one who's been putting up roadblocks to declassifying documents because she's concerned about it looking bad for the CIA. More importantly, she was actually ahead of the CIA in London when this crap went down. Um, so, you know, we mu- if you care at all, about routing out the deep state who is ultimately controlling our nation right now. We've got to reelect Trump. Adam Housley tweeted this, and then we'll go to Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week in the time we have left. Adam Housley tweeted this exclusive. Early January 2017, a retired senior State Department official wrote a letter to the FBI as a whistleblower after he uncovered evidence, he says, showed classified information was being misused by the Clinton Foundation. Two weeks later, after he got no response, he walked into the FBI office in D.C. to deliver the intelligence info in person. This information intelligence was completely ignored by James Comey and Peter Strzok. He also alleges he has proof of lying to Congress. He was not low level. You'll see the story more in depth in other places in the next few days. Again, it shows the pick and choose power play in D.C. that crosses party lines. You heard it here first, though. 
So a senior State Department official says he has information that Hillary Clinton misused classified information related to the Clinton Foundation. We'll see what happens from here. Your Hero of the Week. And Hero Steve. of the Week, Mike Pence, for not only surviving, but I think he made the Trump uh, administration look very strong in the VP debate. In my stink of the week, Fauci said that uh, mask data speaks for itself. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, dude. Go crawl in a hole. My hero is also Mike Pence, uh, who uh, resurrected what, what, what was a struggling campaign. Um, my stink of the week uh, is Bill Barr, who's letting down the American people and is, is contributing to a treason in America. See you on Monday.